on our couch, uh, my family this week, Caitlin and I and our two girls, and we're sitting on the couch on the blanket. I think a show was on and we were just hanging out and uh, our girls have been in the season of like one will act like a baby and then the other one will like take care of. So Josie like rolls on her back and goes like wham, wham, like kicks her legs. And then Emery runs over and goes, go to sleep, baby, go to sleep, baby, and like puts a blanket on her. And so they have an absolute blast. So we're on the couch. So Kate and I are doing it with, with them and like we're making like the little wham noises and, and playing around. And Caitlin would kind of wham and they would go up to her and start taking taking care of her and doting on her. And at one point, Caitlin goes, hey, uh, what does mommy do when the baby's crying? And so then they like grab the blinky and they grab the stuffed animal and they start rubbing her back. They start singing like a lullaby song, start doing this thing. And so it's super adorable. And then Caitlin goes, what does daddy do when, <laughs> when the baby is crying? And all of a sudden, Josie was on my lap and she looks at me and goes, <laughs> and just like starts pretending to sleep and snore like out loud and she just like threw herself and then she pops up and laughs and thinks it's hilarious Josie's our, our younger one there in the middle and uh it killed me in so many ways but what she was saying is that I'm known for something I'm known for sleeping through the night and not hearing the kid crying. I'm known for taking naps middle of the day and they wake up and I'm still napping beyond them napping, whatever it is. She's, she's saying that I'm known by something. And oftentimes what it looks like is she catches on to behaviors. She sees the way I interact. She th sees the things I do and that's what shapes her idea of who I am. For her to pick up on that I'm a person that loves a good nap and likes to sleep a lot, okay? I wonder who you're becoming. Like, that's the question for us this morning. If you think about your life, if you think about all you are, you think about how you go throughout your weeks, you think about your family, your relationships, your marriage, your dating, your workplace, like, who are you becoming? And, and, and maybe the deeper question in, and maybe to start it with, is who do you want to become? Have you thought about that? Who, who do you want to become? Because if you have an idea of who you want to become, you then actually start to practice things to become that, right? If I want to be an athlete, I can't just show up on the field and start trying to like hang out with NFL players. Like my body would be ripped in half. I would be dying on the, like things wouldn't go well. It's going to take actually me saying, man, I want to go to the NFL combine. It's never going to happen. But like years out, I would have to start doing things differently in my life. Who do you want to become? Because the, the, the odd thing is, is that either way, whether you're aware of this or not, you're becoming something, right? So we can actually make decisions on who we're becoming or we can just become something. And it's happening every moment, it's happening right now. Like this morning, you, you made a decision to say, here's who I wanna become and a part of that is gathering with the people of God locally. You made a decision to say that this is something that is forming you in hopes of who you want to become. Now we all know very quickly, we are not already that just because we showed up here. Actually, showing up here is the admittance that I am not fully who I want to become yet. And if you are in life with Jesus, the idea is I am not fully yet who God wants me to become, right? But this is something that you're saying matters. So good job. You're practicing that. And whatever it is, maybe you want to be the smartest person in the room. Maybe you want to be the most successful. Maybe you want to be the funniest. Like, these are all great things. God has given us passions and skills and abilities, and I think he wants to work in and through those. But overall, who do you want to become? And I would argue that you being here this morning, whether you know it or not, that you might want to become a person of love. That would be my bet. 
That would be my hope, that, that you're showing up here saying, I actually want to be a person of love that operates differently in this world to carry in a love that the rest of the world needs. And so we turn to Mary. What we're doing through the season of Advent is each week just looking at a different character that had to play a part with the birth of Jesus. And as we look at their life, can we get a glimpse of what it actually looks like for our life to make decisions to become? Who are we becoming? And it's odd is that for us as a Protestant church, don't worry, just here in the West Church, the Christian church will say, maybe different than a Catholic church, so a Protestant church, we don't really talk about Mary much compared to maybe a Catholic church who would revere Mary in a different way. And maybe even when we get to some form of musicals or pageants or something, she doesn't take up a lot of space. Oftentimes, she doesn't have a lot of words in the play or whatever it is. And if we look at the Gospels, the, the, the four narratives around the life of Jesus, we actually don't see her a ton. We see her early on when Jesus gets lost in the temple, like you do at the age of 12. Uh, we see her actually show up and encourage Jesus to perform his first miracle of turning water into wine. Amen. And then we get a little bit further, and we actually see her trying to interrupt Jesus at some teachings and healings that he's, he's doing. And then we see her at the cross. We really see main, four main components where she shows up. But I don't think that's a full representation of who Mary actually is, her faith, her life, and what we can actually draw from it. That she could actually be someone that we learn from because how much greater is it to embody love than to be the person that receives the ultimate expression of the love of God and bursts that into the world? She might be the greatest demonstration aside from Jesus from what love looks like. To take something on, to receive something first, and then to share it, no matter the impact that it's going to have on your life. So what happens, we pick up here in Luke, uh, in chapter 1. I think that's where I'm starting. Forgive me. Forgot I was supposed to be doing the sermon. Yeah, here we go. So in 1, verse 30, this angel comes to her. She's terrified because an angel just came to her. Enough said. Uh, but the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. She goes on to say in verse 38, I am the Lord's servant. Let it be with me according to your word. And what's interesting is how Mary responds to this. She had this quick moment with this angel. He comes and he forecasts what's going to happen. She is terrified like no other. He tries to explain a little bit more to her, and then she accepts it. She receives it. She says, okay, your will be done. I'm, I'm here to serve. Right? And a part of this, I love this quote here. I think it gives some good imagery for us. Uh, that we can learn from. She understood enough to understand that she did not understand. You ever feel like that? Whatever you're trying to embark on in life, whatever you're trying to figure out, whatever relationship you're trying to navigate, whatever thing you might feel like you need to be doing, whatever thing you're trying to pivot to, whatever the next step is in your career, like you, you understand enough to understand that you don't fully understand what you're up to. Hopefully, at least. 
Like, if you have it all figured out, let's hang out afterwards because I would love to hear more about your life. But oftentimes, everything that we're doing, we understand enough to say, yeah, I, I don't really know. I, I don't have this fully figured out, but yeah, let's try this. Let's do this. And maybe sometimes it's a little bit of overestimation of us actually having things figured out and that actually pushes, pushes us over the edge to try something new. But for Mary, she understood enough. This encounter just happened with her. God has clearly spoken to her in a powerful way. And she goes, okay, I'm here. So for you this morning, I do wonder, maybe even specifically in your life with God, what do you not understand that's actually keeping you from growing in your relationship with God? How is not fully understanding keeping you from becoming a person of love? And maybe if we think about our world right now in a place that, it, that, that desires knowledge for all things, what does it actually look like to put the full understanding of something aside and just say yes? What would that look like? We'll get to that a little bit more here in a second. Now, the interesting part about this is she says yes. Now, you can imagine Mary's a young girl. She's um, from a very small town that nothing ever comes from. And for her to say yes to all of a sudden be birthing a child at some point and she's pregnant, she's engaged, and now she has to, like, go to him and say, hey, uh, we're pregnant. And he's like, hey, uh, I don't think so. I don't, this doesn't add up. We haven't, like, you know, and whose is it then? She's like, well, no, like, it's, God and, okay, come on, Mary, like, stop. This is just, you think I'm that dumb? Like, it, right, so she has to go and have this conversation. And could you imagine, like, the rumors and the gossip and the things that are happening in a very small town as she tries to say, hey, I'm, I'm pregnant. And then to risk Joseph, who would be like, absolutely not, to discard her, to say, hey, you and that kid that's not mine, you're on your own. You can go figure it out yourself. You can go live in a life of poverty. You can go by whatever means you think you have and maybe just go, give it, go with the guy that this is really happening with. Like, don't try and play me. So she is able to, to risk all of these things. And on top of that, as she's trying to do, as the community is finding out, this is her, her answer. Her actual explanation is conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. Her explanation is that the Holy Spirit... Through the Holy Spirit, I am now going to give birth to the Savior of the world. Can you imagine, like, walking into a room? Like, you go back to, like, your parents' house at Thanksgiving, and you're like, hey, guys, got news. Um, pregnant, and it was the Holy Spirit. So this is going to be fun. It's going to be a pretty big deal. And at the same time, I don't really know, though. Like, I just kind of said yes to something, and I'm willing. And I wonder for us right now, to think about this in a place where she trusted that there would be enough love to go around. That at the cost of herself, at the cost of her family, as at the cost of this new wonderful marriage she's going to enter into, she actually says yes to something in spite of all of that, believing that love was going to penetrate through. That love was actually going to be a thing that comes on the other side to make a difference in our world. And for some reason, it was her in her small, ordinary life in town. Again, the words, here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. And I wonder for you and I, I have a practice here for us in a second. 
But I wonder if this quote here sums it up well. I think we have that one, Kelly. Yeah. God had dreamed a bigger dream for her and about her than she could have ever dreamed for herself. I wonder if that's true for you this morning. That God actually has dreams about you and your life bigger than you can actually perceive. That the places in which you're doubting, the places which is unknown, the places in which you fear, the places in which you have insecurities, God actually has much bigger dreams beyond all of those because he's God. He's not looking for the person that comes from the right area of town and has the right relationship and has the perfect family model and is in the right of career. Like he's not looking for that person. He's looking for someone to say, here I am, Lord, a servant. May it be these things that you've called me to. May I be willing to do them, even when I don't fully understand. And I wonder for us this morning if that's the greatest expression of love that we can actually do is first to receive. First, just to recognize who we are, where we are, and to be able to say, all right, I'm in. I don't know why, but yeah, I'm going to participate in this one day's wage thing that makes no sense to my bank account or my career path. Like, I'm going to say yes to forgiving the person when I feel like I cannot forgive them at all. I feel like I'm going to extend mercy to the person that I think really deserves to pay for what they did. I think I'm going to say yes. I think I'm going to say yes. I think I'm going to say yes to the ways of Jesus, to the ways that he has asked us to practice and to take on. The things that he has said over and over and over again, that we will actually find a fulfillment in life, even when we don't fully understand, by taking on the ways of his life. And even in this, even though we don't look to Mary as much as a Protestant church, I wonder if a part of it is because we can actually look at Mary and say, that is our life also. We are Mary. We, we are the ones who are actually open to and claiming that the Holy Spirit has entered in our life in a new way to do a new thing with us. And we can't fully explain it. We can't fully understand it. We can't fully feel it. We don't actually know what it's going to look like, but I'm believing that through God's Holy Spirit, he's going to do more in my life than I ever could on my own, in spite of my insecurities, in spite of my fears, in spite of the things that are going against me in this life. God wants to see his love manifested in the world in ways that he only does in and through us in participation with us. And so what we're saying is every single day, the bravery of Mary is the invitation for us to be brave. The courageous act of Mary is for us to say, I'm going to be courageous also. The risk-taking of Mary at all costs is for us to say, I'm going to take some risks also. Mary is actually an example of who I am to become in life with God. To receive the love that God has for every single person first and foremost, and then share it to receive all the things that God has for me and then share it. So what I want to do um, real quick, we're going to do this part fast. <sighs> cut that, cut this, cut that. Um, yeah, let's do it. Let's pull up that slide, Kelly, the one I was telling you we may or may not use. Okay, cool. Let's do this. So this comes from the psalm because here's, here's what I believe. We're going to do this in just a couple minutes and then we're going to write in some cards. I wonder if we always need to keep coming back to the place that God is actually pursuing us out of love. That God is something to first be received, no matter where you're at morally, no matter where you're at behaviorally, no matter where you're at today or tomorrow, no matter where you're at with belief, no matter where you're at with faith, no matter where your hope is this morning, that it's actually to receive the truth and the time of God 
to then allow that to pass through. So can you guys just shout out, as you read this psalm, can you shout out some truths of God's love from this psalm? Just say it as you read it. I'll start. God forgives. Heals all your diseases. Redeems. Righteous. Satisfies. Redeems. Makes himself known. Renews. Justice for the oppressed. Next slide. Keep going. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What does it look knows and remembers? What do you need to receive this morning? Which one of those truths is for you? If you just pause, whatever one stood out to you, just sit with that. Ten more seconds. Which one was for you? Good. I'm going to ask Steve and Natalie to prepare the cards as I just wrap us up for a second. Because, see, here's what I believe. If you want to see more love in the world, If you want to become a person of love, give to others the gift that was given to you. If you want to see more love, if you want to become more of a loving person, give the gifts that were given to you. The gift of Jesus coming. The thing that we anticipate in who Jesus is. The truth about who God is that we see in and through Jesus. What does it look like to first receive that and to give that? You don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to correct the other person on social media. You don't have to to feel completely confident in things. What you need to do is be able to receive. And that's a truth that that's who he is, and we can sit on that every single time. So what we want to do now is we're just going to give an opportunity to give. Okay? We've all, most, however, you still can, we've all done something financially toward neighborhood industries, and now what we want to do is we want to make it a bit more personal. Not to say that giving your own money is not personal, but these cards are gonna go to each employee that's gonna receive a couple gift cards from you. And what I want you to do is I just want you to simply write something in it. And very simply. I'll give you maybe a couple ideas of how to, but first I'm gonna give you a couple things not to do. This is not in time to like all caps Christ and then like little MAS on the back end and try and project your beliefs around Christmas to other people. This isn't a time to like write Jesus saves on the card, trying to evangelize in some distant non-relational way. This isn't the time to try and like get some kind of message to anybody. It's a time for you simply to receive the truth of who God is, the love that he's bringing into this world and let it pass through you. So it might be something like Merry Christmas. May you feel seen and known in this season. It might be something like Merry Christmas. Thank you for all of your hard work on behalf of others and your family. It might be Merry Christmas, you're loved. It might just be Merry Christmas. Whatever it is, just simply write something. You might want to pray a minute before, you might want to pray a minute after, 
but this is going directly to somebody else in neighborhood industries that gets to receive the fi financial generosity that you've participated in this season. I'm gonna invite the worship team up as I just close us out. Um, and then Daniel will take us into some communion and reflection. So I, I just want you to hear this. Can you pull out that quote again, Kelly, the last one? If we wanna see more love in the world, if you want to see more love in the world, if you want to become a person of love, give to others the gift that was given to you. Why don't we stand? This is what I find to be true in Mary's life. That each and every day we can actually take on this idea that God is pursuing us, that he is moving towards us, and that like Mary, he's inviting himself into our life. And so through our daily actions, through the choices that we make, through the ways that we look at the lens of our home, our income, our resources, our gifts and abilities, is a moment to respond and just say, I'm here. God, do with me what you may. Work in through me as you may. Because it's the people that can first embrace the love of God that can look out their doors to those that are hurting, that can look at their immediate influences and ask, God, what are you doing in and through me for the sake of these others? So with our hands, with our feet, with our unexpected love, we can do just as Mary did. And I think we can see transformation in and around us from that. So why don't we head into communion reflection?